Hello and welcome to Homestead Hens and Honey, a beekeeping, chicken keeping and general homesteading podcast. I'm your host, Gemma, and today I am starting a series of mini episodes called Farm Stories. Now, before I explain what my plan is with this, I just wanted to do a quick apology at the top of this episode. When I was going through my last episodes, I realised there were some bumpy noises uh, early on in the recordings. I was unable to edit these sounds out, but I think I figured out what it was. It was dogs knocking the microphone stand. So I think I have managed to barricade things in a way where that won't happen again. But I do apologise if that was jarring for you to hear, and I'm doing my best to improve my edit skills. Okay, so farm stories. Basically, my idea was that I really want to get into the habit of recording more often because I've had such a long break from the podcast. And my biggest impediment to that is how much research I would do on any kind of educational topic. So I thought it might be fun to do a series of shorter episodes where I share random stories from around the homestead. My animals are always up to something and I thought it would be a fun way to highlight some of the uh, critters that we care for here because aside from, you know, the farmy ones like chickens, as you know, we also have a wide variety of reptiles as well. So for my very first farm story, this one is called Boo and Red the Rooster and it's about my little hen Boo and the surprising way that she interacts with our rooster. Boo is one of our newer acquisitions. She was given to me along with her sister Betty by my neighbour. Said neighbour originally started with about 10 or so hens, but she lost all but these two to a hawk. The run was uncovered and it made it a hawk buffet, basically. I actually... I still see the hawk coming around and flying quite low over her property, obviously looking for food and being disappointed that food has been removed. My neighbour didn't intend to cover the run and she was going to make it more secure, but she had a number of things that happened in her personal life that really just prevented her from doing so. And ultimately, she decided that it would be best to take a break from keeping chickens for a bit until her life kind of calmed down. And she felt that her remaining two hens were lonely. So she asked me if I'd like them and I didn't even hesitate. I said, yes, please. So Betty and Boo are what I believe to be ISA Browns or I always say just ISA Browns, like my very first chicken foundling, Babette. In fact, much like Babette, Boo is very petite. She weighs very little and she has a big showy red comb. She's also rather dim, bless her. She's very sweet-natured and docile, but obviously not the sharpest crayon in the box. And she's the kind of hen that I'd feel comfortable having a small child hold or pet because she's very sweet. She's just an easygoing little girl. Now, her sister, Betty, is also docile, but she's a little bit more wary of people. And she is similar in appearance, but she's bigger She's a very slightly darker kind of reddy brown and she has an average sized comb that isn't anywhere near as showy as her sister's. So when I first got the girls home, they went into the quarantine coop. Uh, This is a small coop with an attached and covered run. 
the poor little girls were obviously traumatized from losing their flock one by one to a hawk and they were very twitchy as a result. One time I was out near their coop doing some yard cleanup and a very small branch wafted gently down from above to land just outside their run. Both girls lost it. They were squawking and screeching and shot straight into the air, banging themselves on the run cover before eventually piling into the coop and refusing to come back out. They were very, very scared, the poor things, and clearly had learned that death comes from above. Once quarantine was over, I set up the pop-up enclosure that I talked about a little bit on Instagram inside the main run to slowly introduce the girls to their flock. So the nice thing about doing this way is the pop-up enclosure is big enough that I can put in like a nesting area for them that's protected from the elements, food and water, there's space for them to wander around, and it helps the other chickens adjust because they can see each other, they can interact a little bit through the sides of the enclosure, and it just helps them kind of come to terms with the fact that these chickens are here, They are nothing to be scared of. They're nothing to be too upset about. And it just seems to help ease the transition when I finally take that pop-up enclosure away. So one of the first things I noticed was that Boo was very quick to square up against the other chickens and then try and peck them through the enclosure. And this is an unusual behavior. Uh, This is actually pretty normal for chickens who really want to figure out very quickly the pecking order when you bring new birds in. But I was kind of surprised that it was Boo because she's just usually so quiet, so docile. She would always do that little squat hens do for roosters whenever she saw me. But she was really turning out to be quite fierce. And I watched them for a while and yes, she was sort of squaring up and getting all puffy, but over time, things seemed to be slowing down. And so I decided that this was a good time to introduce Betty and Boo into the main flock. And the way I like to do this is I go out after dark when everyone is sleeping and I pick up the chickens I want to introduce and I just put them in the coop with the others. And the idea is that hopefully in the morning, everyone wakes up and is like, oh, look, more chickens. Okay, well, we know these girls, it's fine. So the next morning, I went out as early as I could to see how things were going. And I found my English Orpingtons, which are huge fluffy chickens, inside the coop looking kind of shell-shocked, which immediately made me concerned. So I look out into the run and I can see Betty and Boo wandering around with my white leghorn, Cracker, who was sort of off to the side and watching them kind of warily. My rooster, Red, was also on the sidelines, kind of eyeing the newcomers, seeming a little unsure. Because I was out there, the hens in the coop came running out because they know that I equal food. And this immediately triggered an altercation between Cracker and Boo. Now, Cracker is a hard, mean hen. I often call her Queen Bitch because she's just very ferocious and she does not tolerate any challenge to her authority. The only time I've actually ever seen her be gentle was with my previous rooster, Hanson, who for some reason she really took to and sort of took care of him and backed him up and just was very affectionate with him. 
when I introduced Red to her, she actually fought him like a rooster herself. And since then, they've had kind of an uneasy truce. Uh, Red doesn't try and mount her. And as long as he doesn't try, she won't beat him up. It's unsurprising to me then that Cracker went for Boo. Because Cracker wants to hold on to that top spot. What shocked me is that Boo quickly gained the upper hand and started beating the stuffing out of Cracker. Red ran in to break up the fight. This is a natural rooster behaviour and it's one of the benefits of having a rooster in your flock. But it didn't go as he planned because he runs in and Tiny Boo then decided, no, Red wasn't going to be the rooster. She was going to be the rooster. So I watched in utter shock as my tiny, lightweight hen beat up a rooster about three times her size. Now, admittedly, Red's not ferocious. He's young, he grew up with his current flock, and he's never been challenged by another roo before. But it was really embarrassing to watch this big guy just cowering before tiny Boo. I hoped things would work themselves out with time, as they usually do when it comes to pecking order disputes. You know, it can be ugly for a little while, they can be kind of on edge, but usually it settles down without any real harm. So imagine my shock when this went on for weeks. Red ended up completely terrified of Boo. One time, I watched her chase him into a corner where he hunkered down and pushed his face into the ground while literally shaking in fear. And all Boo had to do was look at him and he would take off running. I was so embarrassed for him that once, to my shame, I tried to help. So Boo is always very submissive around me. If I kind of approach her, she'll immediately squat down. I think she assumes I'm a giant rooster. So one time she squats down in front of me and I turned her so her butt was facing Red and I was like, come on Red, like do your business because part of me thinks if he mounted her just once that they could kind of work things out. But he was way too scared. He just looked at me like I was crazy and ran into the coop. Well, the days are getting longer here in Northeast Ohio and the chickens' reproductive systems are coming back online. The eggs are coming again so not all of my hens are laying but like yesterday I got eight eggs for the first time since fall so that was very exciting and red my rooster has started crowing in the mornings again as his testosterone is building up so I'm hoping that as things progress through the season and his testosterone increases he will grow ever braver with boo currently they coexist peacefully But Boo is not afraid to remind him that she's in charge. And she continues to fight him just like a rooster, with the full puffed out neck feathers and the vicious jumping kicks. She really will just go all out with him. She's not cruel though, so she doesn't make him bleed. She doesn't run him to the ground anymore because it's clear to her that she is the queen And all she has to do is look at him and he will back down. I like to think that she's fierce but benevolent, which might be why the flock as a whole seems much happier with her as queen than Cracker. Because Cracker's always had a mean streak and she will draw blood. Whereas Boo will beat the stuffing out of you, but 
pull back from actually causing harm. And so the other chickens seem quite comfortable having her reigning over them. I really don't know if Red will ever be allowed to mount Boo, but at least they can seem to live peacefully enough together. And honestly, for a tiny hen, Boo makes a pretty good rooster. Now, since I started writing this episode in January, Boo actually fell ill and she has been in the house getting pampered. So this is a little bonus story on my favourite sassy hen. I went out about, it must have been coming on two weeks ago now, and I found Boo out in the run on her side with one leg extended out beneath her. At first glance, I really thought she was dead. But then I noticed that she was breathing, which was a huge relief. When I picked her up, I immediately noticed two things. She was very, very thin and her abdomen was noticeably swollen. When I gently palpated the area, she expressed a huge amount of watery liquid all over my sleeve and pant leg. Thank you. Uh, But it wasn't diarrhea and it could have been liquid urates, but... It's hard to say. I suspected it was actually some kind of infection. But anyway, I brought her in and I did a further evaluation. So her leg was stiff and seemed tender, but there was no evidence of a break or any kind of dislocation anywhere. She wouldn't stand up or bet weight on either of her legs, though. And she was so weak that I really thought that she was on death's door. In terms of what I think happened... Where I found her in the run is I have this big basket of, um, I'll try and get a picture of it. It's basically just netting. It's a big net basket and you can put cabbages in there or apples or any kind of treat that you want hanging there. And the chickens love it. It's a great enrichment. It's a great way to get them their greens. And I found her underneath there. And I just read something online about someone's chicken who got stuck upside down and the behavior afterwards. And this is kind of what it reminded me of. And I really wonder if she got her leg stuck in the basket somehow and was hanging for a period of time before managing to become looser and drop down. I do think that she also has an infection And it was sort of a double whammy. So I think I would have eventually needed to have brought her in. But this just sort of increased the process. And I feel like I might be right in my guess here because the issues with her legs were the first things that resolved. And so I think it was more of a loss of sensation from having been upside down. And maybe even tenderness from like pulling like a muscle or some kind of soft tissue injury. But anyway... When I found her, it was obviously an emergency. And so this is what I did. I got the chicken hospital set up in my unused guest shower. It was one of those instances where I felt like we didn't have time to get the crate ready. So I'd have to remove stuff from the bathroom and find places for it, get the crate in there, set up, you know, sheets and tarps and stuff. And I just felt like we had to get her in and secure as soon as possible. And the nice thing is we don't use that shower and it's actually quite a nice size for one chicken. After I got that sorted, I mixed some honey, which came from my hives, with warm water and I added the electrolytes that I have for the chickens. 
I then carefully syringe fed this to her to give her an immediate bump of sugar, fluids and salts. I made sure she had a soft, clean nesting place to rest. And then I started her on a painkiller and an antibiotic. And I'm very grateful that I had these on hand from previous treatments. Early on, things looked really bad. Um, I did consider euthanasia. It definitely seemed like that would be an option. But after being medicated, um, she was suddenly standing, but in a very stiff way that I've only seen in egg-bound hens before, even though I couldn't feel any sign of an egg inside of her. And this concerned me because it kind of supported my suspicion that there was an infection in her reproductive system and there's not a huge amount I can do about that apart from give antibiotics. Well much to my surprise she perked up. Uh, Within 24 hours she was eating, I was giving her scrambled egg and some grublies, very high protein. She was drinking a lot which is great because this particular antibiotic is um best given in their water so you want them to drink as much of that as possible and she even started sort of showing interest in her regular chicken pellets. So I kept handling of her to a minimum as she was clearly very painful but as I said within 24 hours she was standing. After two to three days she was walking around and moving with no signs of pain and she actually seemed quite comfortable but her eating started to trail off. So around day five, I took her off the pain medication because it can negatively affect appetite. And when I did this, her appetite did improve. As of right now, which is the 9th of February, she's still in the house. She's alert. She's eating better. She's drinking normally. Um, She hasn't had any more of that strange discharge from her uh, vent area. And she's finished the 10 day course of antibiotics. I still can't detect any sign of an impaction or or an egg getting stuck in there, nothing like that. Now, I don't think she's completely out of the woods because she's still very thin and she's not really gaining weight that well. I am keeping up with, you know, scrambled eggs and high protein treats on top of her regular food. So fingers crossed that she starts gaining. If she plumps up a little... I can reintroduce her back to the main flock next time we have a few days of mild weather, which, looking at the forecast, could be as early as Tuesday next week. And I'm excited about this because this is a great opportunity to introduce the babies, now full-sized Orpingtons, that are currently in the small coop, as it's getting kind of cramped in there with six chickens. So introducing a few chickens at one time, particularly from two separate flocks, can help ease the transition period. I am a little worried about what Boo will do because she's just so ferocious. Um, I don't want her to overexert herself, so it's definitely going to depend on her weight gain. I do think my poor rooster better watch out because I suspect that she will immediately challenge him so that she can return to her position as queen of the flock. So please um, keep your fingers crossed for my sassy girl. She's definitely a fighter and I'm hoping I get more time with her. So that's my story about Boo and the rooster and Boo and her illness. Uh, Next week, I will be sharing a longer episode where I finally cover the topic of obesity in chickens. I'll talk about things like what to look out for, what we should be feeding, what kind of treats are better than others 
and um, you know ways to avoid dealing with obesity in your chickens. And I really hope you'll join me then. So as always, thank you so much for listening. Um, I will put a link in the episode description to my website so you can look at some pictures of my little boo and some pictures of my big rooster and um, kind of see what I'm talking about with the size difference. And you can also leave a comment there um, or reach out to me on Instagram. So thanks again for listening. And as always, remember, hug your hens and then wash your hands. Bye-bye.